0: We're going to keep on going on with the small called articles. We're going to start on page 13 in the little booklet, um, if you want to turn there. Last time we talked about kind of the historical setting. The church had been greatly divided by the Reformation, uh, especially the nation of Germany, uh, at that time the Holy Roman Empire, um, and it was a, a big conflict. It's not going to get solved until the Thirty Years' War. Um, which is uh, like 1607 to 1637. It might be 1608 to 1638. Um, 1618, maybe. Does 16, that sound 18 right? 1618. I, I thought it didn't sound right when I said 1607. 1618 to 1648. And um, that's, it's going to get solved because basically um, lots and lots and lots of people die, and the power switches from being within the church to nation states that's really when things change a little bit in terms of our relationship with other church bodies but they're at this point still in the 1530s um, they're still talking about having a church council just like they had at Nicaea and uh, uh, the other church councils that had been taking place they're talking about having a church council so that they can all sit down and talk about it. And the Lutherans can present their side, and the Catholics can present their side, and the church can then make a decision. That's the nice idea, and if they could do that, it would be really great. But they never do. But that's the reason, then, that Luther writes the small called articles. They want him to write a document that says, this is what we believe. These are the things that we can negotiate on, and these are the things that we can't. And by this point, too, just to be completely honest, Luther is pretty jaded, right? Um, He doesn't expect the Catholic Church to actually let there be a council, at least not a free council. He expects that if there is a council and that he goes, he'll be beheaded or burned at the stake. And we will even see, I think today, uh, if we get that far, we're going to read a little bit about where he talks about uh, his ashes, right? Because that's what he's thinking. If there's going to be a church council, the Lutherans are going to be killed uh, because he doesn't think the Pope will actually listen to God's word uh, or that the Pope doesn't actually care about Jesus. That's what Luther thinks. Okay. And um, we'll see that as we read some of this. So on page 13, we have the small called articles are kind of put together in a funny way because Luther was sick. We talked about how he had a heart attack uh, as he's writing these. The first part uh, are the things that aren't really in any disagreement, and you see that at the bottom, right? It says, concerning these articles, there's no contention or dispute since we on both sides confess them. Therefore, it's not necessary to treat them any further than what we have written here, okay? Um, So, The first part these are things that there's not a discussion about so let's go ahead and let's read number one there Um, bold uh, not bold Roman numeral number one let's read that first anyone
1: that father son and Holy Ghost three distinct persons in one divine essence and nature are one God who has created heaven and
0: earth What doctrine would you say Luther's talking about here? (laughs) The Holy Trinity. And do we disagree with the Catholics on the Holy Trinity? Do we disagree with the Reformed, really, on the Holy Trinity? No, there's not really any disagreement on that. So much so that in the uh, Athanasian Creed, what do we say? Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic faith. And the Catholic faith is we believe in one God and three persons, three persons in one God. Uh, and we don't divide the substance or confuse the persons. The Holy Trinity, Trinity 101. Okay? So we believe the same thing the Catholics do, as do all Christians. But this is still an important thing for us to confess, because it does divide us from some people, necessarily. And that's good. Who does it divide us from? Anybody know?
1: Different sects.
0: Different sects? Like which ones? Just off the top of your head? Um, Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness? Yeah? The Mormons. The Mormons. The Muslims. Um, what's that? Muslims. Muslims? Yes, that's a big one. Um, there's. Uh, different groups of Pentecostals even today called Oneness Pentecostals. Um, I I know this because one year a kid in confirmation class had to write a paper on a topic and he just copied something from a Oneness Pentecostal (laughs) church. And so he's like using big fancy words to deny the Trinity. And I said, did you write this? Oh, yes, Pastor. (laughs) Um, We're divided from all these people because they don't believe the Trinity. Muslims believe there are not three persons to God. Mormons, how many gods do they believe in? Infinite number, right? Because all of you men, sorry ladies, all of you men could become a god of your own planet. Um, Ladies, you could become a god wife of your husband's planet and just perpetually be pregnant with his spirit babies if he elects to invite you up there. Um, we're divided from Mormons Jehovah's Witnesses deny the Trinity Uh, they don't believe that God uh, that Jesus is the same type of God that the Father is God okay and so we're necessarily divided from all those folks but we're not divided from the Catholic Church on this and point number two goes on the same same direction okay and so let's read that one also
1: that the Father is begotten of no one, the Son of the Father.
0: The Holy Ghost proceeds from the Father and the Son. Okay, this is more details about the Holy Trinity, right? So, why is the Father, why is God the Father a father? He's the head. Okay. I'm a father, the vicar is not. Yet. Why? You have kids. I have kids. The vicar, he has pets, right? Um, <laughs> doesn't count. Doesn't count. Okay. Um, to be a father, you have children. Let's see, I do have children, right, Claire? <laughs> okay. <laughs> children that don't like to be brought attention to. <laughs> don't. Um, That's a definition of a father. A father necessarily has children, okay? So the father is begotten of no one. He's always been, um, and he is God, and he has children, at least a child, okay? Because I could be a father even if I had only Claire, right? Okay, what about the son? The son, and it says of the father, it's assuming that you remember the verb, Begotten, The son is begotten of the father. What's the definition of son? Okay, raise your hand if you're a son. Why are you a son? And raise your hand if you're not a son. Why are you not a son? What's the difference between these? Uh, one of these things is not like... No, just, yeah, boys and girls are different. <laughs> we don't have to have that topic, right? Okay. A son is begotten of the father, meaning Jesus is a boy, and God the father is his father. And that's part of it, too. To be a son, you have to have a father. Okay? So we have definitions here. This is important. This is why, what's that book? It became a movie um, where Jesus was a giant black woman? Uh, the shack. The shack. This is why the shack is wrong, because it messes with these things. These definitions are important. They, they made God the Father actually God the Mother in that book. Why is that a problem? What's it imply about the Blessed Virgin Mary. see see you're nodding right we don't want to say it that there's there's uh, an inappropriate relationship between Mary and God the mother if God the father is actually God the mother maybe this is important too right Um, (laughs) to have a child what do you have to have when a mommy loves a daddy right but if mommy loves mommy what happens? Nothing. Nothing, right? I know we try to mess that up today in our world, but that's the reality. It's like, it's like batteries. Okay? Batteries work, positive to negative end. If you put both negative ends together, it doesn't work. If you put, okay.
1: <laughs> right?
0: It's the same thing with begetting children. So it's important that God the Father is the Father and that God the Son is the Son. And they have that relationship of Father and Son. And then what is proceeding from the two of them in a different sort of way? The The Holy Spirit. This is the Trinity. One God. These are defining the relationships, a Father and a Son and a Holy Spirit. And this is the way that we know and understand our God. And it's important to know that because it does, again, like I said, divide us from the shack, from the Mormons, from the Jehovah's Witnesses, from all those other folks. Okay? I don't know if I'm making any sense tonight. Okay. I'm doing lots of weird illustrations, so please forgive me. <laughs> all right. Number three.
1: I, Go one ahead. Another thing that I wanted to point out with that is um, we always use masculine language for... God the Father and God the Son. And the Holy Spirit, it's a little bit more neutral and everything like that. But we can't say that God the Father is literally a male because he is a spirit. But we do always use masculine language for him because that's the language that he gave us to use. Like, the Greek is very, very specific about that. There is, you know, a... uh, There's a male, a female, and a gender-neutral construction to nouns. The words for God the Father are 100% of the time masculine, and it's never a uh, gender-neutral parent. It's always Father. So while God technically doesn't have a gender in the same way that we as humans would think of gender, he does still tell us to use masculine pronouns for him. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah the parts that define us as boy and girl are a part of our physical body, which God the Father does not have. At the same time, he is the Father. That's that's what you're saying, yes. right? Okay. Yep. okay. Perfect. Make sense? Questions? Okay. This is not a popular thing today. Prepare yourself to be despised by the world for believing in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." We talked about it last week, didn't we, with um, the canceling of the children's book thing, the Plum Creek Literary Festival. It's going to come to me eventually. (laughs) That's the same issue. Okay. All right, number three. Okay, who is Jesus? This is important. This is hundreds of years of church history to get this sorted out. Okay, because there was some in the early church who said, What if God is just one, like the Jews confess, and God in the beginning put on his construction hat and he made everything? And then he looked at it and he took off his construction hat and he put on his Jesus mask and came down and died on the cross. And then after he ascended, he took off his Jesus mask and put on his Holy Spirit ball cap and came down as the Holy Spirit. Okay? There were Christians in the very beginning that believed this. It's something called modalism. And the church had to sort this out and say, no, there's one God and three persons. Three persons and one God, and only the one person, the Son, took on our human flesh, at the same time that the Father and the Holy Spirit did not. Which means, who died? God the Son, not God the Father, not God the Holy Spirit. There's another heresy called patropassionism. Is that the right way to say it? that believed god the father died on the cross okay that's not what we believe jesus the son of god died on the cross there's another heresy one that i was taught here in nebraska when i was a kid um, not at a lutheran church don't worry that said jesus was just a regular guy and god possessed him and made him live a perfect life until he got onto the cross and then abandoned him to die there for all of your sins, (laughs) right? These teachings are out there and they're not what we believe as Christians. Um, We believe God the son took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary and suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, rose from the dead for our sins. The Holy Spirit does a, a different job. Uh, the Father does a different job, at least when we're talking inter-Trinitarianly. When we're looking at God in the big picture, it gets a little bit more difficult to talk about. But within the Trinity itself, it's Jesus who is the Savior. It is God who is the Creator, and it is the Holy Spirit who is the Sanctifier. And We have to keep those things attention. I say that right, Vicar?
1: Yeah, I think that's... I mean, the Bible has revealed to us that those three persons have done each of those things. Specifically, you know, we know that Jesus specifically died on the cross. So we, we aren't confining the three persons to a job. We're just identifying what it is that the scriptures have said that they do.
0: All right, questions? Okay, number four. That the son became man in this manner that he was conceived. Okay. What does this mean, O great Lutherans? <laughs> it's not a What's that?
1: It's not a mortal pregnancy.
0: It, it's not a normal pregnancy. Mortal. mortal. Hmm. I'd say it, it is. Well, um, it's a regular pregnancy, right? Well, they, you know, yeah. Um, How how does conception occur? When mommy and daddy love each other. When mommy and daddy love each other. A whole bunch, right? Um, Yeah. Within a womb, flesh begins to grow. The chromosomes link and you have an entire person starting when? conception and and this when the very very beginning of human life is when you have a complete person genetically um it is at that point that jesus takes on human flesh when his flesh became a person this is important because this is the exact same way that all of us become human this is why you know i said that, that jesus was possessed by god the father that heresy um that's not what the scripture teaches through the ear of the Virgin Mary, God's word came and she conceived Jesus. God takes on our flesh there in a rather natural way, in an in natural way, in natural, unnatural. OK, natural in the sense that it is Mary is a woman just like all of you ladies. <laughs> right. Right. Um, She's probably younger than all of you, but she is a lady and she is able to have children and feed children and grow children with her body. But it's not natural in the sense that um, Mary doesn't conceive Jesus with another human man. This is important. The ELCA, any ELCA folks here, on their website, they used to say, the Virgin Mary was probably raped by a Roman soldier and made up the whole conception of Jesus thing. What's the problem with that?
1: It's not Jesus then. It almost
0: denies the Trinity. It denies God, the Godness of Jesus. He's not God and man then. But in the way that it actually happened, Mary, through God's word, conceiving in her own womb, Jesus... By God's work. That is God and man together. Yeah.
1: Does ELCA ELCA still believe that and just not really say it? Or do they like revise that?
0: Yeah. Um, They had that idea in um, what... This is the field of dogmatics, is is what we call it when we get to seminary, to just sound super smart. (laughs) And um, they have a book, a dogmatic series, just like we do, and theirs was called Broughton and Jensen. Uh, And in there, they left open that that's a possibility. The way they said it was, it's possible that Mary uh, was raped by a Roman soldier, and that's how Jesus was conceived, because it's impossible for a woman to just conceive on her own. So they leave open that that's a possibility, but the the root cause is that they don't believe that Mary that that God is able to do that, because they don't believe God's word. It's not on their website any longer because they've updated it, and they also have recently updated Broughton and Jensen to a new dogmatic's book. I have not I have not bought it and read it, but their underlying theological principle to get them there is that. The Bible contains God's Word, but isn't God's Word. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, then you just pick and choose what parts of the Bible you want to believe in and say that those are God's Word and discard everything else. Yes, and how do you pick and choose?
1: You have the Jesus Council.
0: You have the Jesus Council? What do you mean, (laughs) Vicar?
1: At the Jesus Council, um, all these pastors of all these different denominations got together. And uh, they voted on which parts of the Bible they thought uh, really happened and which words of Jesus, specifically, he really said. So, for example, uh, in the Lord's Prayer, the only words that they could all agree that Jesus actually said were the words, our Father. Everything else, they all disagreed on whether or not Jesus actually said it.
0: Based on their own reason. When you say that this contains god's word but it is not god's word then your reason becomes the god who determines what parts are true and what parts are not so i mean vicar's telling the truth they had the jesus council but they they've had this problem where i don't know of anybody who can walk on water so i don't think jesus did either and that becomes the problem so that's the theological issue in the ELCA that leads to the idea that it's possible that the Virgin Mary was raped by a Roman soldier and that did did not conceive Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit entering her ear. So
1: then, how could he
0: perform the miracles he did? not huh? That's the yeah, that's the problem, right? Um, the things that are unreasonable, they would say, never actually happened, which then, this is way off topic, which is all right, because anytime we get to talk about these things is good. This is why church bodies become more about social justice than God's word and redemption and justification, okay? Because if Jesus didn't actually walk on water and Jesus didn't actually raise the dead and Jesus didn't actually hear the heal, the the sick and the blind and the deaf, then what does he become? A political revolutionary and you can follow and be one here also. So. That's why your pastor, back in confirmation class, probably made you memorize that all of God's word is breathed out by the Holy Spirit and is useful for teaching and rebuking, right? Okay? And that's why it's in the catechism, um, because that's the problem then. If, if you throw that out, all of a sudden, you don't really need Jesus anymore. Okay? So conceived—that's an important word, <laughs> I guess. That was the whole point. <laughs> conceived without the cooperation of man. This can mean two things. The obvious one is what? Joseph, Joseph wasn't involved, <laughs> right? Um, and or the Roman soldier wasn't evol- involved. Uh, or maybe to say it the way the Bible does, Mary was a virgin, okay? She was a virgin when she conceived Jesus. That's thing number one that it means. Thing number two we don't always think about until you get in a discussion uh, with some Christians today who say Mary told God that it was okay for him to conceive Jesus within her. I don't think Mary had a problem with it, but I don't... Am I going to get in trouble if I say it this way? If so, tell me, okay? I need the mute button. I, what's that? Do I need the mute button? <laughs> no, I, we'll, we'll say it. Um, Mary's... Today we talk a lot about consent, right? Okay? There are some out there who say Mary had to consent for Jesus to be conceived in her. Now, Mary, I don't think, had a problem. She says, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. But it's not like she said, okay, God, let's, let's do this. <laughs> Does that make sense? Whew. Is that offensive to anyone, what I, what I mean by that? Okay? Okay. Making sure. We're on a college campus here. I'm ner- nervous. I'll get out the door before the vicar does. I'll
1: <laughs> no. uh, uh, I think that we could also say her faith played a great part. In her that.
0: faith played a huge, huge part. Because um, she hears God's word and she believes it. And in a sense, that's the consent that she does give. But it's not like some rational thing that she's saying. Hey, this is okay, God. I'm going to go along with your 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 gig here. So, yeah, does that sound like a fair way to say it, vicar? Whew. Ladies, nobody's mad. Nobody's throwing shoes. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Cooperation of man by the Holy Ghost, the Spirit. Um, God conceives Jesus through the Word and is born of the pure, holy, and... Uh, here's we have an interesting thing in the small called articles what's it say always virgin mary you'll notice what about those words in your pamphlet they're in brackets they're in brackets do you know why they're in brackets because they're in the latin version and not the german version they're in the latin version and not the german version which makes it complicated for us later on doesn't it Okay, was was Mary perpetually a virgin? Yeah,
1: she had other <laughs> children.
0: Yeah, that's I what my answer would be is that we don't necessarily have enough information. It speaks of brothers of Jesus, like James, for example, and Jude, um, in scripture. Is it possible, though, that those were half-brothers from uh, an earlier marriage of Joseph that died or something? It's possible, so we just don't have enough information. It's in the Latin version, but not the German. Don't let it be a hang-up to you. Mary was a virgin when she conceived Jesus, and that's the most important thing. And in the Gospels, it says that she and Joseph did not know each other let the reader understand, until Christ was born. And that's what we know. So we can say what the scripture says, and praise God, I guess, that he didn't write down, oh yeah, by the way, she was perpetually, or, or not, or anything like that. We don't have to worry about those things. OK.
1: I, uh, I asked Dr. Masaki about that at, at the seminary. Oh, because, good.
0: We can get an expert answer.
1: Um, because I wondered about that. We, when you're a pastor, you you know swear to uphold all the confessions and that you believe them, etc. So I said, okay, the and always is in there. So does that mean that uh, I have to believe in uh, semper virgo? Is, is the term for the perpetual virginity of marriage? Does that mean that I have to believe that? And he said, no, because like you said, it's in the German version, not the Latin version. And technically we are swearing to the German version of the confessions. The Latin version is just a
0: translation. That sounds like legalism to me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't let it bother you. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's the the issue. So why is that in there? Wasn't one of the argument, uh, one of the issues they're arguing about. It's in the section where, hey, we're in agreement here. Okay. Suffered, died, buried, descended into hell, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, sits at the right hand of God, and comes again to judge the living and the dead. All that you know from the creed. And that's the stuff that Jesus did. So we're talking about the Son of God, who has always existed, but is begotten of the Father, who takes on human flesh, conceived of the Virgin Mary, and dies on the cross and rises from the dead. This is the Christian faith. This is what we hold in common with the Catholics and we confess it in the Creed of the Apostles and the Creed of St. Athanasius, uh, which how many of you guys' churches say that one on Trinity Sunday? Yeah, see, excellent. Yeah, and you're always like, oh, my gosh, this thing is long, right? It's a good one to do because it, all the things we have very briefly touched on, it lays out with a little bit more detail and um, distinction maybe would be a way to say it. Okay, so basically in Article one, we as Lutherans believe the Holy Trinity and the incarnation and death and resurrection of Jesus. Which, if we go go back to the Athanasian Creed, whoever desires to be saved must above all hold the Catholic faith. And the Catholic faith is this one God and three persons, three persons and one God. That's the whole big first part of it. And then at the end of the Athanasian Creed we have, oh, and also Jesus was the second person of the Trinity. He took on our human flesh. He bled and he died and rose again. That's the second part. And that is then the essence of the Catholic faith. And we are in agreement with the Catholics on that. Questions? Does that illuminate the... What was I going to say? Like... (laughs) <laughs> well, it's okay. Well, he's, okay, what did you just say? You said. We are in agreement on the Trinity and the incarnation of Christ with the Catholic Church.
1: Okay, so we don't agree
0: with the Catholic Church on the Holy Spirit? Is that we right? do, we do, as, as a part of the Trinity. Oh, we do? Yes. Okay, so I thought you were leaving the Holy Spirit Not on purpose. <laughs> oh. Not on purpose. We we are big believers in the Holy Spirit. Just, just, well, I know. know. Yeah. Yep. All right. The next article, then on page fifteen, is the most important article of the rest of the small called articles. Every other little thing that we talked about in the small called articles will be talked about in terms of this article. and you see there it says the chief article part two (laughs) isn't it funny to say part two the chief article (laughs) um but it is the first and chief article of part two and it is this somebody want to read number one that jesus christ our god and lord died for our
1: sins and was raised again for our justification romans 4
0: 25 all right that jesus christ our god and lord died for our sins and and was raised for our justification. Okay, what does this mean? I mean, it's pretty clear, right?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, for you, Jesus died and rose. And maybe to say it this way, how are you saved? Yes, by all the great things that you do? No, by what Jesus does for you. And just so you know, uh, it says Romans 4.25. This is an exact quote from Romans 4.25. Delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So we believe Romans 4.25 and that that is part of the chief and first article. Okay, number two, somebody want to read that?
1: is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world John 1.29 and God has laid it upon him the iniquities of us all Isaiah
0: three six. alright again Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and we have a scripture passage who's saying that? John the Baptist, John the Baptist. this is why every time you see a painting of John the Baptist what's he doing? 99.9% of the time Pointing to Jesus, there's the Lamb of God. Okay. Uh, And then we have also a quote from Isaiah 53. And what's Isaiah 53? We have one little part. It's one of those suffering servant songs um, that you hear during Holy Week uh, every year. That um, we even have the hymn, right? Stricken, smitten, and afflicted, see him hanging on the tree. Is that the right tune? Okay. Good for me. Um, that's Isaiah 53, the, the, the idea that um, he is the one who's suffering on all of our behalf. Okay? Number three. Somebody want to read number three there?
1: Likewise, all have sinned and are justified without merit freely and without their own works or merits by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus in his blood Romans 3:23 and following
0: all right in fact we have the quote there all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God you have to memorize that one confirmation class too right it's here right here in the small called articles and are justified without merit what's that mean What's do we do? We all know what justified means. Maybe we should do that first. Justified means. See your pastor's made, made righteous before God. Yeah, see, that's that's exactly what your pastor had you memorize, right? Made righteous before God, declared to be righteous before God. Why? Because you're such a nice person. Because you give all that money to support the church because you wear only christian t-shirts and listen to only christian radio because you brush your teeth side to side and up and down <laughs> for 4 minutes how many minutes do you always four yeah. 4 yeah okay good what's the reason that you're justified what have you done for it nothing, nothing. without your merit freely without your own works you are justified by God's grace his grace Uh, there's always kind of a it's a little bit cheesy but it's true grace God's riches at Christ's expense God's giving you the things that you do not deserve um, because of what Jesus has done for you through the redemption of That is in Jesus Christ, in his blood, by his blood. Without the shedding of blood, Hebrews says, there can be no forgiveness of sins. Jesus' blood being poured out on the cross is why you get to go to eternal life. And you cannot add or subtract from it. Okay? Okay. Number four. Let so me read that, and then we'll talk about all of it a little bit.
1: Now, since it is necessary to believe this,
0: and it cannot be otherwise acquired or apprehended
1: by any work, law, or merit, it is clear and certain that this faith alone justifies us, as St. Paul says, Romans 3, verse 28. For we concede that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law, Likewise, 3.26, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Christ. Also, I said concede, but I meant conclude.
0: <laughs> You're absolved. <laughs> um, yeah. We are saved by grace through faith alone. Man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law this is a huge thing and this is what the entire reformation is about we talked last time about indulgences what did indulgences do in one sense yes how is the the question Well, that's we're, whew, that's a whole other topic. Yes, and we're going to talk about that. The next article, the next page. Yes. Uh, how about indulgences? I'll give you ten dollars, and you give me this piece of paper that officially, according to the church, removes all consequences of my sin eternally. Okay. Did I tell you about the night? so john tetzel was going around selling the indulgences this is how you guys remember this from the luther movie and he's on his way from one town to another town having sold all these indulgences and as he's on his way a knight shows up on a horse with his suit of armor and all of his suit of armor friends and robs him says i want all your money give it to me now they give him the money, and the knights start to turn and ride away. And John Tetzel says, What? You're going to hell for this. You just stole from the church. And the knight turns around, reaches into his suit of armor pocket. I don't know. <laughs> pulls out an indulgence that says, You gave me this that says I'm going to heaven no matter what. And then he rode off with all the money. Is that the way it works? <laughs> Can I get a a free out-of-jail card and then do whatever I want to, you know? Drag the vicar home behind my car rather than let him ride in it, Uh, you know? Do I get to do whatever I want? No. That's a piece of paper that doesn't get me into heaven, okay? Only Jesus and his blood do. So an indulgence gives you that remittance of sin, according to the Catholic Church, and we say that's false. Now, you mentioned saying masses for the dead to get them through purgatory faster. The same thing. What's the idea of purgatory? I'm just reading Dante's Divine Comedy right now, and it's a big part of it, and you see in there these people who were envious of others. What's envy? I looked over at the vicar and I said, man, I wish I had an awesome red beard like his. Right? And that's sin within me. So how do I get into heaven with that sin? Well, because I was envious, they're going to put me in purgatory and they're going to sew my eyelids shut with iron rings and I get to sit there blind praying for years because I envied the vicar's glorious red beard <laughs> or something red beard.
1: And then that sends me to hell because uh, I felt pride over
0: that. You felt, there you go. <laughs> I haven't gotten to what they do for the prideful yet. That's at the top. <laughs> I'm only halfway up the Mount of Purgatory. Um, is that how you get to go to heaven? Because you pay for it in a second life that's not quite heaven. How do you get saved? Through, through Jesus only. No more, no less. Now, I
1: just have a question. The, they don't have that... The, document
0: presently do they when you say an indulgent they still have indulgences they in some indulgences. way shapes and forms um it's a different one so they they institute different indulgences for different reasons in different times that one that were started the reformation they issued to raise funds to build uh, St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome. That's already been built, and they have more money than they can shake a stick at with that, so they don't need that. But they do still have indulgences on other topics.
1: Well, they pay money. They, they pay money for, for masses, and that's for yes, dead people.
0: Yes and, yes, and we'll talk about that with the next article. Uh, part never, 2, I Article 2. I had a lady whose husband was Catholic at my church in North Dakota. And the husband died, and um, the priest came to her, uh, the priest who formerly was Missouri Synod, like all of us, which is why it's important that you know this, he came to her and he said, your husband will get into heaven a lot faster if you write a $5,000 check to our Catholic parish here. So what did this woman do? she wrote a five thousand dollar check and then she told her pastor about it later it was like this was a bad move right but think about it Uh, i had another lady whose mom was catholic and she was catholic but her husband went to our church her mom died she was thinking about becoming a lutheran but once her mom died she changed her mind why how do you get out of purgatory faster she needed to pray for her mom as a Catholic so that her mom would make it into heaven. And so she couldn't become a Lutheran then. When we think this way, what does this do to Jesus? Lessons who he is and what he's done. And we all think this way. Even us Lutherans think this way. Right? Have you ever negotiated with God about something? Right? So you, um, how long ago were you engaged? A year ago? Is that when you were engaged about? So before you went and asked for your lovely bride's hand, did you say, okay, God, if you let her say yes, I will make sure to go to church tomorrow. Right? Maybe not, right? But have you ever talked that way to God in a prayer? If you do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Nobody's going to admit it. If you've done it, raise your hand. There you go. Okay, we have a few. Yep. Um, We always are trying to negotiate a deal with God. But God does not negotiate with terrorists, which is (laughs) us. Okay? Okay. He only deals with us by the blood of his son, Jesus. No other way. And he won't let us uh, negotiate. That makes sense? I do
1: have another, I, <clears throat> I, my husband came from a Catholic family and after he died, the family, they continued doing indulgences and they would pay for masses for them. And I kept saying, you don't need to do that for many, you don't need to do that. But then they went even further, and they included members of my family who were never Catholic. Yep. I, I it's, said that you could you had to be a Catholic to be prayed
0: for. No. Um, it's the Catholic teaching that that's the way it works. Why might the Catholic Church tell everyone that? Why did the Catholic Church tell my church member that if she wrote a $5,000 check, her husband would make it to heaven faster? More money. More money, right. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for this when it's on the radio. Good Shepherd has an okay sanctuary, right? But it's not marble, everywhere there's not gold candles i don't know if you know this they're just brass (laughs) there's not um a hand carved in italy corpus hanging on the cross in the front of the church that's 10 feet tall why not money Money, (laughs) all right um, are those can you see a way that that would be a neat thing to be in a place that oh look how amazing this is yes but it costs money so to get those things that you want to raise funds you want people and one of the ways that they do it is by selling forgiveness and this is oversimplification I know that but that's essentially what it amounts to This is a big issue, so I told you I'm in purgatory, in Dante's uh, Divine Comedy. All the people in hell, there's a special place for the Simoniacs who bought their office in the church, said, uh, I'll become a powerful priest, uh, so here's some money, Mr. Pope, Um, things like that. Money is a big issue in the church, and if you're gonna be a pastor, (laughs) just be ready for it. Uh, Money is a big issue in the church, and it always takes away from the personal work of Christ. All right. Chief article, most important article. Um, Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross and how that saves us. On Page 16. Of this article, nothing can be yielded or surrendered. In other words, can we negotiate on that idea? When you are talking with someone theologically, can you say... Well, I'm willing to concede that maybe Jesus only died for 99.9% of our sins. No, we have to hold this one strong and complete. And as we get to the rest of this, we're going to see why. If we're not saved by grace, through faith, by the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, what does that do to things like baptism? Then baptism becomes something that you do. Do you have a family member who is not Lutheran who's been baptized more than one time? I do. I have a family member that's been baptized six times, and they're much younger than me because it's their work in baptism. I promise to be a Christian now, Jesus, and then they're baptized. What's the problem? Six weeks later, they're in traffic, and they say, "Get out of my way!" Okay, I don't know. <laughs> is that the right? Is that the way you did it on the drive up here? Yep. Okay. <laughs> they swear and hate someone. They they cheat on their spouse or something like that, and all of a sudden, oh crap! I broke my promise to God. I better make it again. If you're not saved by grace through faith only by the work of Jesus, um, what happens to? the doctrine of original sin. If there's a small part that you have to do, that means that you must not be completely sinful. There must be some spark of good within you that allows you to make a good choice, to choose to follow Jesus, right? Um, Like your favorite hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus right all these things ultimately come back to christ in a different place not in the small cult articles luther talks about all of doctrine and theology being a golden ring okay that's perfect and complete and in the very center of the ring is jesus i like that i think it's even better if we think about it in terms of a spider web right it's halloween's coming up spider web okay you have a spider web somewhere in a corner. If you break one of those lines that goes and holds the spider web up, what happens to the rest of it? it kind of moves, squishes. And then your center point is no longer the same place. So if you if you break one of those lines, then Jesus isn't your center and you have a problem ultimately with your thought theology. This is why it's so important that we know our theology this is why it's so important that we know the scriptures this is why it's so important that um, I'm just going to say it this way and me understand what I mean that we're Lutheran (laughs) right because all these other theologies have little problems that take our focus ultimately off of Jesus and what he's done and that has the potential to put our soul in jeopardy is that questions does that make sense no we're almost out of time so maybe we'll just do any questions here to finish this up there's a great book um, by Daniel price it's small used to be able to buy it for five bucks but with inflation now, it's probably $83. <laughs> probably have it at the bookstore. <laughs> um, called Why I'm a Lutheran, Jesus at the Center. The entire book is about this. It's an easy read. One chapter is a little bit uh, allegorical. that's a little tough, but the rest of it is very, very good. Why I'm a Lutheran, Jesus at the Center. That's what this article is saying. Jesus has to be the center of our theology and every single little facet. And now that we know that that's the chief doctrine and article, as we go through these other doctrines that we disagree with the Catholic Church on, we're going to see how changing them um, to be the way the Catholics taught them takes Jesus out of the center. First one is the Mass, the invocation of saints. Why is praying to... um, (laughs) In North Dakota, if you wanted to sell your house and you were Catholic, you know what you did? You, you went and you bought a statue of St. Joseph, just a little one, and you buried it in the right corner of your backyard. And then your house would sell. What does that do to Jesus? God is going to take care of me if I bury a statue of St. Joseph in my yard. That's not Jesus. That's not Christian. That's, that's pagan, right? That's like the vicar sacrificing one of his cats to his neighbor. Don't tell people about that. <laughs> um, The office of the papacy, we talked about how last week in the 1300s, uh, Boniface VIII, um, I can't remember if it's that or not, said that to be saved you must submit to the Pope. Is that Christian? How does that affect Jesus? All these issues, we're going to talk about how they affect Jesus and how that affects our faith. All right. Questions. All right. Have a great day then.